Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. After a great first show last week, we are back to look ahead to the weekend's football action. Over the next half hour, we're going to provide you with all the information you need ahead of a great weekend of football. My name is Alex Brinton and with me in the studio today is Izzy Barker from News UK. And joining virtually is Freddie Walker from the Centre Spot Podcast. Freddie, where are you, mate? I am currently in Munich, so I came out here for the Bayern Munich versus Copenhagen Champions League game yesterday. Pretty dull nil-nil draw, uh, but a massive, a massive point for Copenhagen in the grand scheme of things. Um, pretty historic one for them, and their fans were absolutely insane. Um, those Danish fans know how to do it well. There was all sorts of flares, and <laughs> it was, yeah, unreal. So, I mean, the Bayern and Copenhagen fans were going at each other all game, and it was yeah, a pretty special atmosphere. Yeah, sounds good. And I think that's, the Allianz is firmly a ground that's on most of our bucket lists. Izzy, you were at uh, Kenilworth Road <laughs> <Yeah>. last week. <laughs> the Slightly different. To, to Kenilworth Road, <laughs> not quite as glamorous. But I have to say the atmosphere was really good. Those Luton fans are certainly enjoying their first season in the Prem. Um, we said it'd be the last game on Match of the Day last <laughs> week, but they proved us wrong. It was a really exciting match. Um, Luton obviously getting their first ever home Premier League win and at a ground like Kenilworth Road I think it just makes the Premier League so special when you know it's in someone's back garden virtually and <laughs> Premier League teams are playing there so yeah it's a really good one to cover actually. And there was plenty of selections from all of us last week. Um, Freddie, on a mate, you got the most correct selection so if you were here I would be presenting you with this fine trophy. Unfortunately, you're not, so we're going to leave that. We'll leave it in your spot right there. I'm surprised there. you can just pick that heavy thing up it's, with it's, one hand. This is probably the most valuable trophy in sports right now. <laughs> Security outside yeah, the door guarding yeah. it. <laughs> it arrived in one of those Louis Vuitton like cases, <laughs> like the World Cup. Um, so, Freddie, you got six. Izzy, you came in second with five, and um, I got one, so the less said about that, the better. It's a good job I'm the host of this show. <laughs> And this week, the big game is Man City v Spurs. We spoke a lot about Man City's sort of title challenge and their overall picture <clears throat> last week. Izzy, what did you think about their game with Liverpool? I think it's a weird one. I think you can look at two sides to it. Obviously, I think we, we still know they're from a formidable team. Uh, they showed they can dismantle the defence at any moment. Um, they obviously did that when Alisson's kick fell to Nathan Ake with the with the first goal, and this was just prime City, you know, kind mm. of pouncing on that vulnerability and obviously activating Haaland, who does what he does best. Um, um, 50th goal in City goal in 48 appearances. Um... I think if one team should have won, it should have been City. Mm. Um, yet they just kind of never quite grasped the chance. Obviously, they could have had a winner if that goal from Ruben Diaz hadn't been... There wasn't a foul given in the build-up. But mm. um, in the press conference after, I don't think Pep... Pep still thinks they are this formidable team. Um, he was saying how um, Akanji and Rodri operated in ridiculous spaces. And um, I think he was... He was um, gave praise to Ake and Carl Walker for kind of restricting Salah really well for most of the game. I guess what my kind of reflection from was it is that in terms of like the title race, Liverpool were a lot closer in previous seasons. But if you look at last season, it does seem like they are getting back to those days with City. Um, and I thought it was interesting just to finish it that Klopp said we didn't pass the test, but we passed a test in terms mm. of the results. So I think that's a good way to kind of end it there. And sort of building on your point about City, Freddie, I think you know, it's fair to say that City have lacked the sort of control in those big games that they were so they demonstrated so much last season. 
especially like when you played them at the Emirates and then again uh, last Saturday. What, what do you think they're sort of doing a bit different? I, I, I think one of the main things is obviously there being <coughs> excuse me, no KDB. Um, that's obviously a massive loss to them because, I mean, in a lot of games last year, City would look like they weren't in control of the game and they weren't going to score. And then you have that moment of brilliance from a special player. Um, and I think there's an element of it that they haven't looked at that kind of City best that we've come accustomed to where they're just completely annihilating a team. And they look a lot more vulnerable um, defensively. Teams are actually having chances against them, whereas last season you'd hardly ever see a chance on their goal. Uh, so whether that could be kind of almost a hangover from the treble last year, not as motivated to push on this year and, and, and play every game like it's, it's the final game in the season. Um, it could be that. But yeah, I, I think main thing probably is just, I think Izzy's going to touch on it more, but KDB just not being there to... To, to get them out of a hole when they're in it. Yeah, and is he on De Bruyne, what do you think? Has he been the sort of the key miss this year? Yes, but then also I do think they've handled it way better than they would have done in previous seasons. Obviously, Silver Foden and Alvarez have kind of dovetailed nicely behind Haaland. Um, and I was kind of in my notes thinking that like Zocco and Grealish kind of continue to give Guardiola kind of good headache on the left. Um, I suppose they've kind of been able to make do without, um, without KDB for what is it up to about four months now yes from yeah he played about 20 minutes on the opening day and that's been it yeah, yeah and so their kind of alternative options have stood up to the plate but I guess what is glaringly obvious is that Bernardo Fernando uh, Foden sorry and Alvarez I'm just making up players here <laughs> Alvarez don't have the like for like attributes and none are quite so like relentless in supplying Haaland you know he's just not getting as clear cut chances and so I think it is probably the most, the biggest problem and headache for City this season. And on to Spurs then, I know we sort of touched on their game last week a bit. You both predicted uh, Villa to win and I was quietly confident, but as a Villa fan, I've known that if I speak these things into existence, they're never going to happen. <laughs> so I didn't want to say anything. But Freddie, what did you think of their performance last week? I thought Aston Villa were very, very impressive and I hope they need to be kind of taken to a higher level and considered as Champions League contenders. Spurs also pretty pretty good, but I think burnt out quite quickly. They they go and they are electric for the first 25 30 minutes. They are sprinting around that pitch more than kind of prime Klopp Liverpool where they were unbelievable work rate. Even more than that, like it's just un, like unrelenting, but then I think you see it in later in the games when they don't kill off a game that they, they struggle they, they tire a bit and then Villa came into the game and and I'd say controlled the second half um, whereas Spurs I think kind of dominated the first half but just didn't put it put it away and Izzy they've sort of shown they're going to play this front foot style no matter what as Freddie touched on there with the injuries they've got is it brave or is it a bit stupid yeah, I think that's the key component because I I feel like Spurs have become this sort of kind of bogey team for City. I mm. remember like 
in two seasons ago, they lost twice to Spurs in one season. But during that time, I remember Spurs set up really defensively. They kind of managed to stifle the attack and they were about they were able to kind of exploit with these blistering counter-attacks from Son's pace. Um, whereas I just... Where Spurs have about 12 absentees for the weekend, um, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. Um, City, that during those seasons, had committed kind of too many players forward. Mm. Um, I think they could maybe even get away with that now. Um, but on the other hand, Son obviously kind of got that hat trick of offside goals against <laughs> Villa. Um, so it's definitely an interesting point going into the game. But yeah, as we said, those injuries, I just think. With touching on what Freddie um, mentioned there, they'll, they'll kind of start off with this blistering attack, but they'll probably peter off. Mm. And, yeah, as you sort of touched on, Izzy, the, the head-to-head record between these two is really quite surprising, if you're not probably a City or Spurs fan. Um, City have only won three of their last eight, dating back to Feb 2020. Do you think, uh, Freddie, do you think this, mu- this will actually have much of an impact on the game? Um, I... Don't think so, to be honest. I, I think Spurs are going to come out and play this standard Ange ball uh, that he's committed to. He's not changing it. He's going to play a high line, high press, and try and play attacking football. And that, to me, is naive <laughs> compared to what they should be doing against a team like City. You, you need to kind of show them more respect than what I think Spurs are going to go to the Etihad and and show them. So I don't think this head-to-head is going to have any kind of effect on the the result this this time round. I, I think it's, complete, it's a completely different Spurs to what we've seen over the last few years where we've kind of had those anti-football managers in Mourinho, Nuno and Conte. They, they love to sit back... Um, sit back and, and defend and just hit teams on a counter. Whereas Ange, to be fair to him, is not an anti-football manager. He, he likes to play some nice stuff. So, yeah, I think it's just a completely, two, two completely different teams to, to how that head-to-head record has shaped up over the last few years. And Izzy, if Spurs play the same back line that they did against Villa, um, which given suspension to Romero and their other injuries is more than likely, is this game only really ending one way? Yeah, you've got to say you're kind of sweating over um, Spurs' defence this weekend. Obviously, that makeshift kind of centre-back partnership of Raul and Davis was just exposed by Ollie Watkins. Um, obviously, it was exposed by his speed and things like that, but mm. we're going to see that in traits of City players. Yeah, yeah. Um, the glaring vulnerability for me was that excessively high line, um, defensive line from set-pieces. Um I touched on the injury crisis as well, and, and everyone kind of talks about Madison and things like that, but I actually thought, you know, Van der Ven who yeah. is who they miss the most. Um, if he had been in the field in the, in the Villa game, you could have argued that they would not have scored either of their goals. Mm. You can kind of see he would have headed the free, clip, the free kick clear from Torres that, he, that they equalised from. Mm. And you can kind of picture him cutting, him cutting out that pass that allowed Ollie Watkins to score the winner. Um, it's, it's like hindsight's a beautiful thing, yeah. what if? But, um, yeah, I just think, it, it, like you say with the question, it is only heading one way, probably. Freddie, then, kick us off. What's your bet builder for this game? OK, so I've gone for City to win over 3.5 goals, Man City to win both halves, and Rodri to get a card at 14. So City to win, I, just, I think Spurs are going to be 
showing what happens when you come out and attack against City. I mean, Arsenal have had it in previous years where you try and come and attack City and they put four or five past you. So that's kind of why I've gone over 3.5 goals and Man City to win both halves. I think Man City might win this quite comfortably. And then Rodri to get a card. He's He's got four yellows in 11 games and one red card this year. So I think there's about 45% chance of in so far that, he, that he's getting a card. So I'll go with that. Go on, Izzy, what have you got? I've gone with City to win, Son to score, and over 3.5 goals, and the odds at 7.6. City to win, as I was kind of touching on at the start, they're just, they're a formidable side. Um, The injury list for Spurs is just um, pretty horrendous. They're in in the midst of an injury crisis, and, you know, there's no denying the absolute quality in City's team, the likes of Haaland getting his 50th um, City goal. Mm. Um, Son to score, though... um, He's got a good record against City. Um, obviously, having that hat-trick of disallowed goals against Villa shows he's certainly hungry for a goal and, and on the brink of scoring one. Um, and as we said with the head-to-heads, you know, Spurs have a good track record of, of getting a goal against City. Um, and over 3.5 goals because, um, yeah, I just think the way that both teams set up, I think it kind of favours that, that stat for sure. And I've gone for... I'll be honest, I've been spooked by the head-to-head record. (laughs) So I've gone over 3.5 goals, over 9.5 corners, and Haaland to score, and that is at 3.35. So with Spurs' high line, City's best attack in the league, as we've been discussing for the last five minutes or so, there's going to be goals, and I think a lot of them will be going Man City's way. Um, Both Spurs and City had nine corners each last week. Um, so over 9.5 total is more than doable and I think Haaland will be seriously licking his lips at the high line that we've said and two full-backs playing centre-back. One thing that I think um, Villa missed out on at the weekend, which I think City will exploit, is like the high line. Villa wouldn't, did not hit the ball in behind more than enough for Watkins and Diaby and Bailey in the second half to chase. Um, I think City will sort of wipe that out early and Haaland will be running in behind and, yeah, they're not... Those Davis and he's, and Emerson Royale are not going to be turning to catch him, let's be honest. So, the Premier League. As we did last week, uh, we're going to go for four team selections each. Freddie, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So, I'm going to kick it off with Arsenal to beat Wolves. Arsenal won the last four encounters against Wolves and then it was 5-0 last game of the season uh, last year. So, I, I don't think it'll be as easy as that. Wolves had nothing to play for in that last um, 5-0 game. But I think Arsenal will be too strong for Wolves. I think that's a fairly um, fairly simple one. Brentford, I'm going to go to beat Luton. Brentford off the back of two losses to Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, but I think this is like the perfect game for them to bounce back. Luton at home. Um, and Luton are struggling away from home. They've only beaten Everton and um, drawn to Forest. So uh, I think, yeah, Brentford, Brentford get that win. And then Liverpool... Last time they've lost at Anfield was February 2023, and that was against Real Madrid in the Champions League. So it's, it's a fortress that we, that we all know about. Um, and I think the only other team to get a point there is, is Villa, actually, in, in May when they drew there. But yeah, I just don't think Fulham are going to be able to come into Anfield and get anything other than a loss, to be honest. Um, and then finally... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Izzy. But yeah, finally, uh, I've gone for Villa to beat Bournemouth. Uh, so they beat Bournemouth back in uh, March, I think it was, 3-0. And 
that just that, that signals to me that Villa are too strong for this Bournemouth team. Even though Bournemouth are on some decent form, I think we have to start taking Villa as Champions League contenders right now, especially after that result against Spurs. You're in the top four, Alex, even though you probably don't want to think about Champions League and all that. I, I think Villa are a serious, serious contender this year. And all of that's at 4.8. So, yeah. Very good. Izzy, what have you got? So I've gone West Ham to beat Crystal Palace, Brentford to beat Luton, Villa to beat Bournemouth and Newcastle to beat Man United, which I ummed and ahs over a lot, mm. I can't lie. But yeah, in terms of Palace, it's looking very bleak for them. Eze and Zakure picking up serious looking injuries in the defeat of Luton. And I think Ham the Hammers will kind of pounce on this injury crisis. They're on a solid run. They have the chance to make it three wins on the spin across all competitions. So I'm backing them for that. Um, Brentford have won Brentford have Brentford to beat Luton I think they've got a, a good track record against Luton um, they've won five of their past six league games against Luton um, including home and away victories the last times the, the, the two sides met in the championship and touching on what Freddie said there I think it's the perfect game for them to bounce back um, and then Villa just flying high <laughs> like basking in this moment yeah. Alex um, they've only lost once in their last 10 games across all competitions I think it could be a closer fixture because the head-to-head -head stats show that um, Bournemouth have actually ed edged things with more wins in the last six meetings that's four wins but Villa are just different gravy this season you know the win against Spurs was the first um, time they've been in the top four positions at this point in the Prem season since 2009. So I think it just shows this is just mm. a different season for them and it's probably best not to look at previous meetings with any <laughs> team because they're just, yeah, they're different gravy as I said. And, and yeah, Newcastle United, this was a tough one, but I just think they were robbed of that sensational win in Paris. Um, I think they'll be absolutely hungry to, you know, get a good result against United, put their marker down again. And obviously they thrashed United in the Carabao Cup last 16 match when the sides last met at the beginning of November. Um, so yeah, I'm back in Newcastle for that one. And um, what does that pay? The odds for that one are 11.5. Perfect. Now, I've avoided Villa. Um, because I just don't trust uh, my team. But apart from that, I've gone for Brentford to beat Luton, Liverpool to beat Fulham, Arsenal to beat Wolves, and then my slightly risky one is Everton to beat Forest. The first three slotted in pretty easily. That last one involved a bit of consultation around the office, I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> Brentford... They've been a bit sort of shaky at home. I was quite surprised when I looked at, that, I looked at the stats. Like, I think... Like traditionally, well, traditionally in the last couple of years, anyway, you think they're quite a good side at home. Yeah, they've absolutely. had some good results at home, but yeah, recently they've not been as good. But they are playing a Luton side that uh, really struggle away from home. They've conceded a ton of goals, over two a game away from home. They're averaging, and Brentford are actually we all love an XG, but expected points um, they're five point one three more than they've actually got. So that's telling me that they're putting in good performances, but not quite getting the results that they maybe deserve. Liverpool's home record, I don't, I don't need to go into any more than that. All I'm just going to say is that it's um, level with Villa for the best in the league. Um, they're slightly shaky with no Alisson, but Kelleher has come in in previous games, and we've seen him in previous years do a decent job, so I'm not too worried about that, and I think that they will take the City result, like they'll gain a lot of confidence from that and sort mm. of really move forward. Um, Arsenal really starting to pick up a bit of momentum. That victory last night against Lens was really something. Sort of really dispatching them away, 6-0. Sort of playing that 
sort of really fluent attacking football that maybe has been missing a bit this year. But um, I think they will be tested by Wolves. Like obviously, Wolves have got all week to prepare. They'll be sort and Arsenal will go on Wednesday, Saturday. So it's it's not not easy. Um, but Wolves have lost four of their last seven away f- from home. So I think they should be fine. And then Everton. I was big on Everton last week. I know. <laughs> Very big. Banging um, the drum. Uh, banging the drum for Everton. Um, I'm going to back it up again. I'm going to double down. Um, yeah, to be honest, I mean, who could actually see that Garnacho goal coming? True. And I think Everton did have their chances. I did actually know Decore did have one that I literally predicted on here, and he put it wide. But <laughs> it was a, um, yeah, it was a good chance that yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think. If Forest is shaky, they've got injuries. Mm. Um, their home record, as much as I bigged up their home record last week, Brighton, <laughs> Brighton went there and won. So I think Everton can do the same. Um, and that pays uh, at 6.2. So, on to the EFL. Freddie, um, there's no League 2 this week and only one match from League 1. So we're mainly looking at the Championship. Who have you got? Okay, so I'm back and again. They, they won me my ACA last week, Birmingham. I know you might not love that, Alex, but uh, they, they won the Acker with an 80th minute winner so uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. So I'm going to back them again this week. They're playing Rotherham, who are yet to win away this season. Uh, they're really, really struggling. And their last three away games have been a loss 4-1 to Hull, 5-0 to Watford and 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday. So if you're losing to Sheffield Wednesday, I'm going to back you to lose to Birmingham as well. Um, Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. So yeah, Birmingham to beat uh, Rotherham. Preston to beat QPR. QPR got their first win in, in 12 games against Stoke uh, last weekend, but still in 22nd place. Preston, also, they're off the back of two losses to Middlesbrough and Cardiff, uh, two promotion challenges with them. But I think they, they need this win to bounce back and, and try and push for those uh, automatic promotion spots again. Uh, not automatic, sorry, the playoffs again. Uh, so And it seemed like they were gaining some momentum in the games before, so... I'm going to back Preston to beat QPR. And then this one, a little bit rogue, but I'm going to go Norwich to beat Bristol City away from home. Uh, so they've won already there this year uh, in the EFL Cup 1-0, and they've won four of their last five against Bristol. Uh, so I'm going to back them to go to Ashton Gate and pull out a result. And uh, yeah, that'll be a big one for Norwich. But that is not the favourite with the bookies. So yeah, we'll see. That's, it. That's all at 10 at 10 on SBK. Nice. And Izzy, what have you got? Yeah, so I went, I looked at that Preston QPR game as well and I went Preston to beat QPR. Um, Preston have three wins over QPR, um, two in the most recent games as well in terms of the head-to-head stats of the last six matches. Uh, Then I went Leicester to beat West Brom. Leicester just dominate um, the last Mm. few meetings, four massive wins in the last six meetings, winning by big score lines of about three nils and things like that. So I just I just don't see it going any other way. Um, and then Ipswich and Coventry, bit of a rogue one. Um, I, I added that in as well. Um, I put them to draw because maybe not as many people mm. would know this, but they've actually had a lot of draws in their last two of um, their last four meetings have been draws. Um, and it's always been quite low score lines if there is a win. Mm. Um, obviously, Coventry are low in the table, but I just think in terms of that track record, I've, yeah, I pop, popped it as, as a draw, and it's at 22. Very nice. I've gone for Ipswich to beat Coventry, so 
Yeah. <laughs> Disagreeing <laughs> on that one. That's fair enough. Uh, Saints to beat Cardiff and Portsmouth in League One to travel to Northampton and get a win, and that pays 5.8. Now, Saints are in really good form, and I think they're sort of showing the benefits of not losing too many players. Um, they obviously lost Lavia, but when they went down, they haven't lost too many. So mm. a lot of that team has got a bit of Premier League experience, and they're sort of after a rough patch, really, at the start of the season, they've really started to grow. Cardiff um, lost to West Brom on Tuesday, so I think that they're doing okay. Um, but it's yeah, they're a bit shaky at the moment, and yeah, St Mary's in the Championship seems like a pretty strong ground. Um, gone for Ipswich because. Partly because everyone wants to see them do well, I think. <laughs> Apart from Norwich fans. <laughs> yeah. um, but Ipswich, yeah, they're, they're sort of really... Yeah, they're really sort of moving well. Kieran McKenna's got a great sort of strength going there. Um, uh, yeah, 15, against Coventry are 15th, but Coventry have won their last two games. So I'm a little bit shaky on that. Um, and Portsmouth to beat Northampton. Portsmouth is second and doing really well, and I think... You can't like Saints and Portsmouth, but I'd really like to see um, <laughs> Portsmouth sort of get back up to the Championship and maybe even sort of up towards the Premier League where a club of that size should really belong. Um, Northampton have won their last three in a row, though, so it's again, it's, I'm a bit shaky on that, but that pays, like I said, 5.8. So, the EFL is done. Freddie, who is your goal scorer from the top... Uh, well, it's the top two leagues basically this week, not the top four. And remember, um, listeners at home, Harland is not allowed. So if you're screaming at your in in your car, if you're driving to work, screaming at why aren't they picking Harland? It's because he's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, well, I've gone with a pretty safe one, I think, this week. Uh, Brian and Buemo against Luton at two point two eight. I think he's really stepped up in Tony's absence. He's, he's playing against Luton and he's got six, in, six goals in 13 Prem games. So he hasn't scored in his last three, but I back him to, to score in this one. And honestly, when I saw him at Anfield live, he was one of those players that I kind of fell in love with watching live, just how good he was in tight spaces and how, how good he was just in that game, even though they lost it 3-0. I was so impressed with him. So, yeah, I'm going to back him to get a goal this weekend. And is he? Yeah, kind of on a, on a similar Brentford theme there, but I've gone a bit of a, a Raj one with Malpe. Um, I cover Brentford a lot, right? And I just think if you're not picking Embuemo, Wissa or Malpe at some point this season, then you're doing something wrong mm. because they've got an electric front three there, pretty lethal. Obviously not um, getting the goals in the last two games, but Malpe was on target the last time Brentford scored goals. Um and also, they're going. I just think they're guaranteed to get goals against Luton. You know, they're coming up with a vengeance after two losses, and Luton have shipped 23 goals this season. Um, also, just kind of from a little bit of journalistic intel, I know mm. that Malpe is just really loving life at Brentford again. You know, obviously he's turns a corner, ending that goal drought. Um, he's just so happy to be back, and there's a lot of confidence in the players. So I, I would back him for a goal, and that's at 2.72. Right, um, mine's a bit controversial. Kai Havertz, he's flying. I like it. Two and two. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. I just think, yeah, he's starting to get a bit confident. He's starting to feel the love of the Arsenal fans. Um, and I can see his hot run sort of continuing through this game. And probably this week, more than most, I would have picked Haaland if I was allowed, if I'm going to be really honest. But, um, yeah, Havertz to score at 2.84. He's starting to get a bit of confidence and I think those chances that he was getting in the first few games but not taking he's going to start to take so fingers crossed for that 
that is everything from this week's episode. We've flown through that. We hope you found it both informative and entertaining. The usual horse racing pod will be back a bit later in the week, and it's worth noting that um, they had a storming week last week with their tips, <laughs> going 7 for 12. So make sure you give that a listen. Good luck to everyone over the weekend. And new, new, remember that new customers can get £30 in free bets with F- SBK when you place your first bet of £10. T's and C's apply. Thank you very much.